0: Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. I hope that you are doing well. Let me talk to all of those who are signed up in life groups for this season. Keep going. Keep going. Going. Don't quit right now. We're in the mid stride. Mid, don't, don't quit. Keep investing in relationships. Keep connecting with people. Don't think, oh, my life is too crazy. I can't do anything. But just like breathe. Come on, just like get in and be known. We really want a church that is able to know you, uh, love you, and challenge you. And, and I just want you to know uh, whatever season you're in, God is faithful. Come on, y- y'all. Come on. Hey, God is faithful. That's right. Does anybody know that? Yeah. Come on. God is faithful. Yeah. He is. He is. So here's the deal. Some of you are, this may be my introvert crowd. Where you're like. <laughs> here's the thing is, uh, come on sometimes we got to agree out loud, not just for you, but the person next to you needs to know, listen, that God is faithful. Has anybody seen God faithful in their life? Come on, come on, come on. There we go. Welcome to church. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all give a big hand to all those watching online. Turn up the volume. Uh, Save some pancakes. Come on. Uh, We're glad that you guys are in The building. We are in a new series called On Target. On Target, and we're breaking it down into three sections. It's actually going to be over five weeks. Uh, Next week, you guys don't want to miss. Don't want to miss. So occasionally, we want to let some of our leaders, people that you don't normally see, who lead in Next Gen who lead in students and youth and women's and men's and whatever. And so uh, next Sunday, and, and I should have announced this in first service. I can't believe I didn't. Uh, but So tell everybody who was in first service. Just send them a text. Uh, but in every service, we're going to have three different speakers. And so it's called Communicators Sunday. We're going to do it next Sunday and the next, and it's going to be testimony-based. And and here's the thing. The Bible says we overcome by the word of our... And so I want to preach. I love to preach. I I talked about this a couple weeks ago. I'm always going to be uh, preaching, teaching, and speaking. And so we have created a lot of avenues to do that. But I also uh, don't ever want to get too preachy that we miss testimonies. Because I know that people are at the crossroads and you need to know that wherever you're at, someone's probably been there in the last season and they've overcome. And where you have a, a, a little fear, uh, they have a whole lot more faith. And it's good to see that. So we, the people that are coming are, are awesome leaders. And uh, they're a lot of fun, uh, but they don't speak all the time. And so it's just going to be, listen, it's going to be real, it's going to be raw, but it's going to be good. And so uh, every, uh, so the first two sermons uh, will be uh, three uh, leaders. And then at the night service, it'll be three different. And then we'll do the next Sunday, and then I'll finish up, and all of this sermon fits together. Does that make sense? And so we are talking about on tar. Get so we're going to talk about the sticky stuff today, okay? Tar sticky stuff, okay? On target, we, we believe that God has done everything for you to be on, but there is some stuff that you have to do to stick to it. And then, if we do that, we get to really get missional, come on, and we get to hit the bullseye and really get and do what God has called us to do. Does that make sense? So, I, I just kind of want to give you the full scope of what we're going to be talking about here in the next couple weeks. When I, Katie and I lived in Hot Springs. We had seven acres. We had a dirt road. And uh, uh, we were so excited the day that they turned the dirt road into chip and sill. Chip and tar is really what they call it. And so they lay down a lot of gravel and they, 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 they pour a lot of tar. And so here's, we were so excited. But here's what we didn't know. We didn't know that you really can't drive fast on that immediately. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? And somebody's like, we actually don't. I've only lived in the city. Uh, where there 's real pavement but but come on in the country they 've just put out little gravel and, and and so when you when you drive on it quickly, all of that tar come on gets onto the undercarriage of your vehicle, and you cannot get it off. Has anybody ever been in, a, in some tar? You cannot get it off you 're like scraping, chiseling the the metal 's coming off before the tar. Does that make sense and so I just think that as a believer that The job isn't to just sit in church, but it's to apply the Word of God and to really get sticky and make your foundation firm so that God can do some incredible things, listen, in your life. My assignment today is get sticky. Get sticky. Sticky. I don't know about you, I have a love and hate relationship with the word sticky. I am a living, walking conundrum because here's the thing. My wife has been on this journey of health uh, in our family. And so uh, actually, uh, I think I've converted her more than she's converted me, but she's still holding out strong. But so we don't do a lot of sugars in our house, but the one sugar we have is honey and we use it. Come on, tell you, we don't do a lot of sugar cereal, but let me tell you, we turn that bad flake into a good flake real quick. We, we go through honey like, it, I don't know what to tell you, like it's gasoline. We, 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 when honey is gone, uh, it is a, a natural disaster at our home. And so you will see healthy cereal, and we're like, honey's healthy. You know what I'm saying? We put honey on everything. Come on, cereal. Uh, we put toast. Uh, you know, uh, hamburger. No, just kidding. Uh, but we we really do. We 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 we. I sometimes travel with honey. Um, it's a thing. And here's the thing: is the reason is because I I, I love honey in my coffee. If you, I know, I know some of you are like, ooh, but don't knock it until you try it. Because some of y'all need to leave your Splenda at home. Come on, and you need to get with the honey. Okay. And so the, when Katie and I go out for breakfast, it's always a weird moment when I ask for coffee and I ask them if they have any honey. And it's actually a deal because some people have fake honey. You know what I'm saying? Like if you go to a coffee shop and they have like that much honey and then a whole bunch of water and it's like, whoosh, I'm like, that ain't honey. Honey is clunky it's a it's a thick it's you know what i'm saying it's you you squeeze a lot and get a little that's honey and so honey ain't runny <laughs> and so i will ask when i get my coffee and i don't i don't mean to be like the coffee snob i don't want to be a diva but i i but i definitely i don't want the watered down honey i don't want runny come on i want honey and so i'll say hey and I'll order my drink, and, and, and I'll say, hey, do you have honey? Oh, yeah, we got honey. Is it real? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, no, no, it's not real. It's not, it's not real. And I was like, okay, do you have packets? And they're like, yeah, how many do you want? And then it's an issue. And I don't know who thought the packages of honey was a good idea. You do not like to be sticky. Come on. Like when my kids when, were young but I'm not like sick. And then I would just like have moments. Uh, in fact, uh, we have a guy who first met him. Uh, w- w- we were doing. He was like, sorry, I just can't take sticky stuff or stuff out of place. And I was like, okay. Uh, it was just, Some of y'all asked a couple weekends and I found a coffee shop that will open the packs for you. And, uh, and so I, I started my whole thing. Hey, do you have coffee? Yeah, do you, uh, I want a half-calf. Okay, great. Uh, do you have honey? Is it real? Oh, yeah, yeah. We have these packets. Great. And I was expecting to do it. And she goes, let me do that for you. And I was like, <laughs> I love you. Is that, I know we just met, but I just feel like really strong. I, can, I, can I break your personal space and give you a hug? And so I went, every time I stop by now, I go. She's never there, but, but still, the, uh, <laughs> we, uh, I think the, the thing that is equally as frustrating than being sticky is when you buy something that you uh, expect it to stick and it doesn't. Uh, and so uh, just like Katie and I, uh, on March the 21st, we are going to celebrate 19 years. What's up? 19 <laughs> years. Of love, and <laughs> romance, no, uh, uh, commitment, <laughs> and so here's the thing: is um, we uh, we have a fight. There's a fight that I'm, I'm going to share it with you, transparent about our, our this battle. We have a battle, and she, my wife likes to hang stuff in her house, and uh, I like to use the Velcro strips, and she hates them. She, like, hates the Velcro strips. And so, I, granted, I started out with the cheap Velcro. You know what I'm saying? Like, you get a whole bunch of roll, and you clip, you cut it yourself, and you paste it. That didn't really work so well. So, we've lost a couple pictures along the way. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have b- broken some things that Hobby Lobby, you know, sold us. And so, we just fell. And so, my, every time I'm about to hang a picture, my wife is like, what are you going to hang it with? And I'm like, girl, you already know velcro strip and she's like do don't you want to use a nail or a screw or some wire and I'm like nope <laughs> I want to use a velcro strip and she's like well it's a, and he, it's not that I haven't tried it it's just when you hang it on a nail and you slide it you got to slide it back and forth and then you got to put weight on one side and it, 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 kids hit the door and then it's like I'm like it don't work well in her mind the velcro strips don't work because after a while, they lose, they fall. And so our last big moment, this is a 19-year conversation. I'm just giving you the cliff notes. The last moment was uh, about a year ago, my wife had four pictures of all of our children taken, real beautiful pictures. Um, and so in our living room, All four of them, come on, are in order. It's the oldest, the second oldest, the third oldest, and then, you know what I'm saying, the baby of the family. And the pictures are wonderful. All the frames match. And so I put them up with Velcro strips. Now, I want you to know I went all out this time. I got name brand. And the name brand said 30% more stickiness. Okay? So I went and splurged for the green pack. Okay? Okay? And so she's like, what are those? And I was like, you know what they are, Velcro strips. And she goes, it's not going to work. And I was like, yes, it is, because they make it better every year. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I put it up. They were up there. I was like, see, I told you. A couple months later, it broke, fell down. It broke. And so she looks at me, and I'm like, Velcro strips. <laughs> And uh, and so it, it's been an issue because now we can't find the frame, and and it, we, now we got to change them all. And so we just don't have our oldest son on the wall. He's he's like he's not on the wall. And so it's so weird because people walk over and and they see all the kids lined up, and they're like, uh, "I thought you you know like in their mind, I can see them thinking." You have four kids, but you're only showing pictures of three. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, when they get grounded, we just take their picture off the wall. (laughs) Like, You know, and, and I think that sometimes, listen, we get really frustrated in church when we sit under a message, hear a revelation, and expect it to stick, and it doesn't. We, we expect it to, like, this is going to be the moment that actually changes my life. This is going to be the moment that our whole family switches. And we, we think that it's almost as if it's all God's responsibility to do it. But I just want you to know that if you're going to stay sticky, it's on you. Like God has done everything that He can do to supply you what you need, but you have to apply, come on, what He's given you. And if you don't apply it, then you will never thrive in it. Come on, does that make sense? For all of us. For us to stay sticky, it means that you're going to have to sit under the Word, and the Word is going to have to make you sticky. Change your focus and change your thinking. Change your focus, and change your thing. So, so here's the idea, is that we don't come to church with our own ideologies and, 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 and make the Word of God or the church or people in our life submit to what we think. We're coming to and sitting under the Word of God, and it's actually changing our focus, and it's changing how we think about things. Does that make sense? And so if we don't begin to allow that change to happen, then all we're doing is reducing down this teaching or whatever happens in church to moral lessons and a TED Talk. There actually has to be like an application part of this. And so I really want to talk a little bit about the intentional decisions that cause us, come on, listen, to get sticky, and we're going to use Paul's life. In Acts chapter 9, verse 21 through 23, come on, some of you who are visiting for the first time, you were like, when's it going to open the Bible? Boom, Bible time, okay? We love the Bible. I want you to see this as Paul begins to move. So this is right after Paul's Moment with Jesus, Acts chapter 9. There's been this incredible transformation in his life. Jesus interrupts him on his way. They have a conversation. He's blind for a co- three days. And a guy named Ananias begins to pray for him. He receives his sight. And now we're picking up on the story, okay? Acts chapter 9, verse 21. And all who heard him were amazed. And said, so Paul is talking. Paul is the one actually talking. And people are like, dang, what's up? What? All right. Is this not the man who made havoc in Jerusalem? Of those who were called on his name? Talking about Jesus. And has he not come here for this purpose? To bring them bound before the chief priests? In other words, they thought this was all a joke. And Paul was Plan like a Christian, but he was just trying to get everybody out so that he could take everybody before the chief priest and get everybody, you know, fixed, done, killed. End of the movement. But Saul, look at this, increased. Everybody say increase. increase. Come on, that was not really, that was like Pat, increase. I'm so, well, I'm so, I'm so tired. All right, but Paul increased increase. all the more in strength. Confounded the Jews that lived in Damascus by proving, listen, proving that Jesus was the Christ. Saul, who was commissioned to destroy the work of Jesus, who was a Pharisee. What did a Pharisee mean? It means that they were all about the oral and written law. He was part of the the Jewish high court. Which was called the Sanhedrin. And so basically what that meant. It was 71 men. That sat in kind of like like a senate. And they judged people based on the Torah and the law. And they sat in judgment. And so a case would go before them. They would leave. All the men would debate what was going to happen. Like that was Paul. Okay. Saul had a moment with Jesus that changed everything in his life. And listen, I believe the same thing can happen to you. I believe that you can go from a life of havoc to a life of helping the kingdom, helping your family, and helping, come on, listen, your spiritual life thrive. Paul, the Bible says, a man of havoc. In other words, everywhere he went was destruction. I believe that God can do something so significant in your life that you begin to leave places better than you left them. He went from weakness to strength. He started out personally attacking the early church into proving that Jesus was the Christ. That's a big deal because he was a Pharisee proving the Messiah had come. Like that... That's a pretty big deal. Okay? That that that's huge. That's like someone in our world proving something super political is fake. That's how this is interpreted. Okay? Paul helped the gospel advance. He was a missionary. He wrote 13 of the 27 books in the New Testament. He was a key to establishing the early church and most of our Christian theology, what comes from Paul. Why am I telling you all this? Not to give you a history lesson. I'm telling you because something sticky happened in him when he began to change his focus and change his thinking. Church, I need you to know that evil men and evil women can change and become a huge asset to the church. He shifted from being a problem to being a preacher. God used him to prove the Messiah. Anyone can change. Come on, say anyone can change. That's why we care about Easter and we want to invite people to church because you may be the God moment when someone's life, and sure, they may turn you down, they may not come, and you may face rejection, but the better, it would be better for you to ask and, and be, serve up a possibility for a moment than for us to ignore it and only think about ourselves. Come on, listen, because in a moment, evil can, can change and people can change and life can change. Why am I saying all this? Because something happened in Paul that made it stick. And I think that sometimes we miss his arc of transformation. Absolutely there was a moment. And I believe that there are moments happening for all of us. But Paul also went away for three years and began to meditate on this moment. Look at this. Galatians chapter 1 verse 17 and 18. Paul is talking. Nor did I go up to, to Jerusalem to those who were Apostles before me, but I went away to Arabia and returned to Damascus. After three years, I went up to Jerusalem, visited with Cephas, and remained with him for about 15 days. This verse is huge because it puts into context how Paul's faith began to be sticky. Like, what made it sticky Church, I meet people all the time that have moments of revelation. God is speaking to them. Listen, God is moving. They're convicted. They want to move. They want to shift. And as soon as we say, in Jesus' name, amen, they walk out the door and they go to Cain's. They go to the lake. They go work on a hobby. And none of those things are bad. But the Bible says that seed is always being thrown out. And there are some moments that before the seed even begins to do anything, it is taken up. It is eaten by the birds. It is whatever. And I just need you to know that Saul didn't allow his moment to be eaten by birds. He actually said, this is such a big event in my life. It will shift my focus. It will shift my thinking. And I cannot just work on this while I'm walking to the next city, I need three years to break down what God just told me. Many people are frustrated in church because they don't feel like they're growing fast enough. And I've listened to 48 sermons in a year and I was, I did the most church attendance I've ever done in one year. And look at me now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because just because you're hearing content doesn't mean that you're applying it to your life. There's got to be moments where you sit and soak and like adjust your focus and change your thinking or you're just hearing words. Have you ever been under a teacher or a talker that you know they love to talk and it's just like wah, 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 wah. That's what this moment is. If you don't go, oh snap, that was for me. That's why we amen and that's good. And that's why people shake their heads and get hype and like, oh, because we're confronting the truth, is confronting something that has been a habit in your life or is a stronghold in your life or is a hurdle in your life. And when God begins to speak that, you gotta take it and you gotta go, let me think on this for a while. That's why we want you to take notes. That's why we want you to go back and listen to podcasts every now and then. So that you can get it, not that you can get through it. This dude went away to ponder. And why was he pondering? Because it would shift every one of his perspectives. He was a Pharisee that believed that the Messiah hadn't come and... He had made his whole ideology on the fact that we are living perfect until the Messiah comes. Well, this shift in perspective changed everything. Now, if the Messiah comes, that means we're not under the law. We still live by his principles, but now we're under grace. So that means, oh, snap, the Gentiles can actually be brought into this. And now it's not just for the Jews only. And he had to think through all that the implications of that moment meant. And what I'm telling you is when we say God can restore your marriage, yeah, look, at look good. Amen. I need you to stop, contemplate what that moment could mean, and realize that there could be something greater in your home than getting mad, everybody being on level 10, cussing everybody out, and being frustrated, and wanting to think about what room you're going to sleep in. Come on. Like God is giving out and handing out moments all the time. But it's our job to make them stick. It's our job to take it and go, yo, that was for me. He's talking to me. I can't, my anger can't, my, my jealousy can't, my insecurity can't, my frustrations can't. Like that's for me. And I'm always under this idea that I'm discipling until I meet him in heaven. Come on. Change your focus, change your thinking, stay sticky, stay sticky. For three years, Paul contemplated and began to learn and grow in his faith. Paul wasn't in a rush. This dude wasn't doing a staycation. Like he was getting ready. And I believe that some of you, your next season is predicated on what you plant and how you get ready right now. There are so many dreams in this room today, but what you do today and what you plant today and what you the work that happens today determines what is grown in your life. Come on, listen, tomorrow. So let me give you three ways to stay sticky. Come on, real quick, look at someone and say, "Stay sticky." Stay sticky. Online, come on. Stay sticky. Old mindsets have to change. New mindsets have to stick. It needs time to develop new mindsets. Let me give you three ways to stay sticky in your faith, where it sticks to you, hardens, grows so that you can build something that ultimately will begin to change your life and everybody else's life who comes in contact with you. Here's the first one. You're going to have to turn to the Lord. So we're talking about sticky. We're breaking down tar, T-A-R, sticky, stick tar, together, something you like, I don't get it. Okay. So we're going to do an acronym of T-A-R. The first is this. You're going to have to turn to the Lord. In life, there are constant intersections where choices are made. If we look right over here at Walton and 24th, there's an intersection. And I want you to know from birth, you've been traveling the path of self-interest. Okay? The Lord of your life is self-interest. You were born with self-interest. You, the children are wonderful and beautiful. And God created man and said it was good. But inside man and woman is not good. It's selfishness, self-seeking, envy, me first. Does that make sense? And when, the, when that grows, it perpetuates this idea that, you know what? Everything revolves around I'm only happy when people are catering to me, and it doesn't matter if you're a server. It doesn't matter if you're someone who loves to serve or ask. Still, we all have personalities, right? But but the struggles are the same. Somebody here, like you, may be a pusher. Okay, you're a pusher. That's your personality. You wake up and tell the alarm clock to go off. What's up? You're a pusher. You just make it happen. You know what I'm saying? You don't need any self-motivation. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're sending videos to The Rock. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, bro, you need to work out because, like, I'm on point. Some of you are a pauser. You're a pauser. You know, it, you take everything in. You want to really think about it. You're kind of internal. It's not bad, but you're, you're just pause. Everybody says, jump. And you're like, okay, well, before we do, uh, where are we going to land? The the Pusher's not thinking about where they're going to land. They're thinking about go, okay? Like, I'm all the time the person that's you know, jumping over the fence and finding out there's a dog there. <laughs> like, the pauser is like, I heard something. What if we jump in the glass? <laughs> Pause then you got the planner. Come on, where are my planners at? Anybody planner, planner, planner? Look, all the planners, like, like you were into Google before Google was cool. Like you got your calendar, you got your color scheme. You know what I'm saying? Like you got everything lined up. You're the, you're the, uh, I'm not going to say weird one, but you're the, uh, you're the one that brings the vacation together. (laughs) And so you like have a schedule for vacation. Like the idea of vacation is we're not working, but you sent us a list. That's wonderful. Thank you. From, two, from, come on, from, from 10 to 11, we're going to be laughing. This is our designated laugh spot. And then we're going to go eat. We don't want anybody laughing while we eat because you might choke. So we're going to do this first and then do this. Listen. And then, listen, the last one is, come on, our party, are where my partiers at? Yeah. I just want you to know that you're the only people that made noise. You're the only people that felt the need to like, yeah. <laughs> uh, You know what I'm saying? And so like you're just like, you're turned on from the day. You know, like you're the people that wake up like coffee needs you. You You're like, this is a great day. And everybody is like, I hate you. Don't talk to me. We all have different personalities. But our personality comes under the word. And we all have to submit and surrender and turn toward God the Lord and away from selfish living, away from self-led living. And so when you think about this intersection, it's not God visits you on the road of your own self-interest. You're actually focusing and turning a different road. And I just need to ask you something. How many roads are, have you turned? Are you still allowing God and the Spirit of God to lead you and direct you and to say, hey, listen, I don't know if that relationship's in your best interest right now. Hey, you know what? I don't know if that, uh, the, that tone is going to work for peace in the home. Hey, you know what? I, I really am trying to convict something inside of you and challenge you internally because I need you to leave the road of self-interest and I need you to turn, come on, listen, toward the Lord. You'll never turn to the Lord unless you begin to trust Him. Turning, happen, turning can't happen without trust. And so here, here's what this means. For us to make these turns in our life, you're going to have to believe that it's better down His road than you giving up control of your own. See, this is where it gets sticky because we can visit faith. Faith can make us feel good. We can use faith like a, um, a civics group. Or we can say, God, I need you and I'm willing to turn Wherever you want me to turn and go, wherever you want me to go, in order that I end up where you have for me. I'm not asking you to ride shotgun in my car. I am asking you to be the driver and me to hit shotgun and you begin to lead my life. Come on. That's when it gets sticky. That's when it moves from a suggestion to obedience. Think about this. Where do you get your joy, your hope, your peace, your mercy, your love? Where do you get all that from? You get that as you turn to the Lord. And I meet so many people that are trying to come up with surrogates. And they turn into small levels of coping. And trying to figure out how to make themselves feel better. Like you got to turn to the Lord. God has something for you if you'll make this turn. So let's think about a few things. When there's an issue at work with the scope of your job or a, an employee that you're wrestling with, are you going to act quick, kind of fumble the ball a little bit, maybe you overreact? Or are you going to turn to the Lord and say, okay, here's what James says. James says, if I turn to the Lord and I ask for wisdom, he will give me wisdom. And so then I I'm still have this conflict I'm not talking about passivity, but now I know how to deal with this and I'm going to deal with this in a place of love, not in a place of frustration. Can I tell you that a lot of our conversations and conflicts that the world is having, we are in a very combative world where everybody wants to fight. And I want to say this, Some of the issues that we are fighting with are not bad and they're they're not wrong. They actually need to be said, but it's how you say it. Listen, a right thought with a wrong tone makes it wrong. And I just need to say that for somebody in the room. It's like, well, I'm always right. Yeah, but yeah, but you do it always wrong, so nobody receives it. And if you would change the way you deliver it and go into God's presence and turn a little bit and let God tell you how to say it gently and softly, you may have people that want to do it, but instead it feels like control and it feels like manipulation and it feels like all of this, but it could feel like peace and love and leading. Come on, is this good? second just, just thinking examples. When I see something in my kids that could be a problem, like like parents, part of part of parenting is anticipation. Like you, you've got to be in this presence, keeping them safe while thinking about the next season and going, what's happening? Part of that is anticipation. And th- there are things that Katie and I see in our kids that you should be able to see in your kids. Okay, God, w- work that out. God, what are you doing? What are you doing? And you know what? There's been plenty to- of times in my own life where I jumped too soon. I said it too quickly. I felt like I was the one designated by God to fix them when really... I needed to go to him first. Does this make sense? This applies in marriage. This applies in your work. This applies with your boss. Like, Like if you're only gossiping about your boss, but you're not praying about them. Come on. Oh my God, he did it again, she did it again, she did it again, she did it but, but when are we going to turn from self-interest into trusting the Lord and saying, God, I do feel wronged, I don't feel hurt, I feel like there's a little narcissist, I feel like there's some stuff going on, but get my heart right, help me provide an open door so that I can begin to share some things that I see, but they're not coming from a disgruntled hurt and poor. They're actually coming from someone who cares about that person and wants to see that person succeed. Come on, this make sense. That's why we turn to the Lord. Because we believe that in everything, He has the answer. When I know my marriage isn't life-giving, and I want it to be, it's too easy for me to travel down the road of self-interest and say, well, if that person was a better person, I would be a better person. That's called taking no responsibility. Well, if you wouldn't tick me off, I wouldn't be ticked off. (laughs) How does that sound logical in your mind? (laughs) Because what that sounds like to everybody else that's hearing it is there is no responsibility that you have for how you respond. Come on, is this good? When it's Saturday night and we're starting our scrolling and then feelings of jealousy and comparison start coming... Because we're, we're secretly jealous of everybody's highlights. It's so funny. God's giving you revelations, God's giving you things, God's giving you assignments, but you know what? I'd work on my marriage, but I'm really busy. I'd clean out my garage, but I'm really busy. I'd connect with my kids. I just don't have the time. You know what I'm saying? I'd complete that project, but there's just not enough hours in the day. And we... You you hear what I'm saying? Like, you've been given time. You've been given the ability, the Bible says, to count the number of your days. And I need to say that maybe some people are wasting away their day because God has given revelations and it's your job to apply it. It's your job to investigate it. It's your job to say, yo, 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 God, whatever you're giving me, like, I want to work that into my life. I don't know if you've ever... Eaten the cooking of someone who does not season the barbecue meat. But I'm like, how are you going to do that to a wonderful brisket when there's so many things you could have applied to it to make it taste so good? Here's some meat. <laughs> Great. Guess what? All of this can be massaged into your life, and you can begin to... to to, to be a fragrance and to taste like something other people want rather than be religious, come on, and say that I know it all here, but I've not really applied it where it's changed my focus and it's changed my thinking. Wow. For all of us, I'm so excited about our church because I have seen you guys grow in this. Because this, this, this right here is called spiritual maturity. Right. And, the, and, and we are in a day and time where we need our Christians who love Jesus to begin to mature and to go deeper, not just be wide. Come on. And I've seen you guys um, trust the Lord, turn to the Lord in your finances as you begin to tithe. I've seen you guys trust the Lord and turn to the Lord by signing up and being a part of a life group. I've seen, God, tr- you, you trust the Lord and turn to the Lord. Like, right Last week, we talked about our matching by March. And, um, and just to give everybody... Hold up just a second before you put that up there. Um, w- w- January the 30th, I had a man call me and say, Hey, uh, Pastor Stephen, I know that you're in this building campaign, and I really want to challenge you. I, I, do you think you can raise $100,000 in 60 days? And uh, I said, Oh, I'll, I don't know. And he said, Well, if you do, I'm going to match it. And so on Friday... Of this week will you put that up there real quick for him come on now I'm gonna be honest and so here's what we're clapping because you know we've just been kind of turning like God what do you want us to do now God what do you want us to do now and and that's the road of faith God is not going to give you a prescription of every adversity that you're going to have and meet and already get, already tell you how it's all going to work out. You're going to have to walk this road of faith with people coming in your life and leaving your life and positions and changing and jobs and people coming in and people going out. But the whole time, the consistent thing in your life is I am turning toward the Lord. And I believe that better is, that I'm better with him than I am alone. I'm better with him than I am alone. And for some of you, just lay that up there real quick. For some of you, listen, like you've been alone so long that it's comfortable. Like our, our world is in a love affair with anxiety. And the reason that we're in a love affair with anxiety is because it's not because we're all stressed out. It's all because we want control. Like, I want to fix it. I want to fix them. I want to fix this. I want to fix that. I want to fix this. I want to fix the government. I want to fix the people. I want to fix the school. I want to fix this. I want to fix that. And we all want control. And so everything is causing us to get heavy. But here's what I'm telling you. When we make a turn, toward the Lord, God will show up and do exceedingly, abundantly more than what you can ask, think, or imagine. Come on, y'all give the Lord a big hand for this. <laughs> Putting this into context. So, 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 this, just talking a little bit, but what this means is that we were able to pay for the sound, pay for the lights, pay for the projectors. Uh, next week, we're going to put half the money down on our chairs. So, I mean, like, since we've started this project, Uh, we've been able to put $320,000 down on this project. That's a big thing. That's a big thing. That's a big thing. And so we're going to celebrate this. We're going to praise. We're going to be excited about it. Uh, Somebody like, are we done? (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, uh, We still got toward the Lord. Here's the second part real quick. Number two is after you turn toward the Lord, Look, check this out. You're going to have to absorb the truth. Like you, your heart, mind, and soul is a sponge and you are absorbing whatever you're around. God created us this way to connect. And so you are absorbing. And the goal is not that you absorb cold, but you've got to absorb the truth like meaningful. We've got to redirect our cravings and not give in to them. They're going to leave you. Look at this. They're going to leave you empty. At the end of all of that, you're going to be empty. You're going to be lacking. But here's the thing: is we have a choice to absorb the meaningful, not just cave into the momentary. Come on, it offers brief relief, but intense longing. Life? Come on, absorb something meaningful. Don't just um, cravings by making a commitment. Listen to absorbing. The truth. God has something to say about science, sex, stewardship, sacrifice, sanctification, savings, self-centeredness, and your significance. God has something to say about it all. So here's what I'm saying. You're now a life learner. You're now like yo. Because of this moment, now I am In this to win it. I I want to get all that God has for me. I want to begin to go where God has for me to go. Don't just come to church and hear a message. Absorb the truth. Have it move into your life. Don't miss moments. And let the enemy steal of your mind. Come on, and I just need to, 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 to tell you in a world that everybody wants you to do you. The Bible does not say to do you. Come on. Turn down the air because it's about to get hot in here. We just need to talk a little bit. There is so much concepts in, in, in life that are eroding the fabric of what works. You get married to Change. You get married to change. Well, they're just trying to change me. There's a difference between control and maturity. I am not the person that I was when I was 19. There's been some change happening. Now some things have not changed, and we're we, we working on that, Ben. <laughs> like I'm working. And she's working. And there are natural things that I do and natural things that she does. But together, God is using this relationship to perfect us and grind on us and reveal the things that that we're traveling down a self-centered road. And I want you to know that every responsibility in your life is an opportunity for that friction to happen. And you need it. Come on. Growth is part of the the, the whole Christian life, and it's not self-help so that you're better. Listen, listen, God wants to feel, and he actually wants to heal all of the areas of brokenness, listen, in your life. and, And most of the time, we don't even know that we're broken until we brush up against someone who's not. And then we're like, oh, dang, that's how it's supposed to look? Oh, snap. I never saw that in my ma- I never saw that at my house. I never and so Katie and I've been on a journey. Look at this. I never had a dad in the home. Ever, never had a dad in the home. I didn't know how a dad acted. And I've had to learn. Now my kids <laughs> know how a dad acts in the home. <laughs> and hopefully they'll do it better. Does that make sense? But we're all on a growth and you're going to have to absorb the truth and you're going to have to start with the thought you don't know it all. You're going to have to stay with the thought you don't know it all and you're going to have to end with the thought God, I, there, there's more for me to learn. you got to become teachable, not prideful. Here's the last one. Is you got to respond with strength. We're talking about how to stay sticky. Turn to the Lord Absorb the truth, and look at this, respond with strength. Paul did not live an easy life. Like, have you ever read 1 Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians, about his life? Like, he gives a list of all the things that he experienced. When I was reading that, I was like, dang. It says, oh yeah, let me tell you about my testimony. I've been beat. Multiple times with 40 lashes. Then when they gave up the lashes, I was beat with rods. Then after that, I was shipwrecked. Then after that, I was snake bitten. Then after that, a city got mad at me and they stoned me and they left me because they thought I was dead. Now, I don't know about you, but when you think someone's dead, there's evidence of deadness. Nose hanging off. Brain about halfway out. We're not talking about, like, throwing Nerf balls. Come on, come on. In our helmet society of only Nerf guns, come on, I I just need to know. Like a rock, when it hits the flesh, really hurts. Okay? I'm surprised we haven't banned rocks. Listen. A whole group of people. And I don't think anybody was throwing it lightly. Get him. Get him. Like when I throw a rock at someone, not that I ever have. (laughs) I've wanted to. Come on, be honest. How many of y'all have ever wanted to just go, just like give me this. That's how it was when they hit Paul. It wasn't pebble fight, pebble fight, pebble fight. You got me. It was I mean, like, <laughs> they thought he was dead. Why do I say all this? Because when I read his testimony, I think that, that dude's pretty strong. <laughs> like, he's spiritual MMA. <laughs> like, people, people say something mean. They, they, give, they give me a bad review. Come on, on Google. I'm like, <laughs> but nobody's throwing rocks at me come on. But here's the issue. Paul knew that he was weak because he knew his internal struggle to get back up and go. And here's what I want you to see. I am not talking as like the world, find your inner strength, listen to a bunch of videos, be your awesome self. I'm saying this, if you're going to respond in strength, you're going to identify and recognize that you're actually really weak, and you're going to have to embrace it. I am weak. I I, I am weak. I do mess up. I do miss it. I, I do get, have moments and I, I do blow it and I should know good enough and I don't. And, so, and, and Paul got to the place where he was actually like, yo, I'm weak and, and that's why I need the God. And I don't ever want to just take a few principles and walk out and live under the naivety that I can go live a happy life because truly I need God in my life for the rest of my life. Like I'm weak. And I need to just take all the pressure off all you moms that you feel like you shouldn't be there and be better and have it. You're weak. All you dads that you're trying to be the super father that you never had, you're weak. Every single, you're weak. Every teenager, that's growing up in church and every time church starts you feel like you're a hypocrite because of what happened two weeks ago or how you talk to your parents or what happened. You're weak. And the only way to really be strong, Paul says, is to identify the fact that I'm weak and that I need help. Here's what's going off in me and I'm going to be honest. I want to act like a fool right now. I want to run someone over. Like I, I know I'm the pastor of this church, but I actually want to run this person over, come on, and I'm weak, and if God, you don't help me, my foot is going to find the accelerator. I don't want to be in jail, God. Come on. Is this too much for y'all? Is this too transparent? Sometimes you're battling. Sometimes you're hurting. Sometimes you're tempted. Sometimes your perception is off. Sometimes you're the one that's wrong. Sometimes you blow it. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 and 10. Come on, look at this. Look at this. But he said to me, Paul is talking. But God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. My power shows up when you can identify that you actually cannot do it all on your own. And you're not just two principles away from not needing him. Come on, look at this. Therefore, I will boast gladly of my weakness. I will boast gladly. God, God. I don't know why I'm so frustrated with my kids. I don't know why I'm frustrated with my family. God, I just, I'm boasting in my weakness because it's just an opportunity for you to give me the love I do not have right now. Come on, does that make sense? God, I'm just boasting in the fact that I need you. Thank you for the helpful reminder, Lord, that I cannot do it on my own. And if I try to, I'm going to jack it up. And come on here. Like, thank you, Lord, for this reminder that I was not meant to live alone and that I was actually meant to walk with you. And I needed you to supply, come on, my every need. So I am weak today. Hello, I'm weak. But it's in you that I can be strong. You're going to have to identify the fact and embrace the fact that you are weak. So, here's what I just want to make sure that I'm clear. I'm not talking about wimpiness. I'm not talking about wimpiness. I believe that there's some strength in this church, and we're calling men to be men. We're calling women to be women. Hear what I'm saying? And I'm not talking about wimpiness. I'm not talking about whining. I'm talking about. My weakness is an indication that I need God in this moment, and it's actually an incredible invitation for me to invite God into what's hurting me, and what's painful, and what's broken. And weakness is actually an opportunity for me to respond in strength. Does this make sense, man? Y'all, go ahead and come up. Here's the thing. Another way that we can respond in strength. And we talk about this all the time. But I, I want to take a moment and just break this down for you for just a minute here. We respond in strength when we never forsake our worship. It's easy to forsake worship. And you do it three ways. You forsake worship when you worry. You forsake worship when you only get focused on work, and you forsake worship when you win, I'm winning. I don't need God right now. I'm working. I'm too busy for God right now. I'm worrying. I don't. I'm so stressed. When when it, when I feel better, I'll I'll give Him what it is do Him. And I hear, here's the idea of worship. So I just I just want to make sure that you know worship's not singing. We do sing. But, but here's what worship really is. The act of worship, here's what worship really is. Worship is focusing and responding to God. That is a true act of worship. When God begins to, listen, speak to you, move in you, and you begin, listen, 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 to focus on Him and respond to Him. Focus and respond. Focus and respond. You're actually worshiping. And it doesn't matter if two days ago you, 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 were, you did terrible. God's graces are new every morning. And right now, today, if you will focus and you will respond when he leads you. And I believe right now with every one of you, in your own way, God is doing this to you. He's kind of. And here's the, you get to respond with, I will turn or not now. I will turn or not now. And here's the deal God is a gentleman and he will wait on you with loving tugs. Teenager, hear me. Singles, hear me. Adults, hear me. God is tugging and it is a sign that you are not abandoned, it is a sign that you are loved. You know what I'm saying? Give your worship, turn your focus, change your thinking. For us to hit the bullseye, you're going to have to stick to the principles and practices of maturing your faith. It's not optional. It's not optional. You are not strong enough to make it on your own. Maybe this season, like the picture I talked about, maybe you've fallen. Maybe something in you this last season has shattered. Maybe something has been broken. And you're honestly looking around going, I never expected to be here because I felt like I was destined for that, but I'm really struggling with this. And here's what I want you to know. We started this series off with this verse, and I want to give it to you one more time because um, I want you to learn this by the time we're done with our series. Psalms 103, verse 1 through 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His, come on, say it, benefits, who forgives your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, and who satisfies you with good. And all I'm saying to you is this, it doesn't matter where you are, it matters what you do right now in this moment. And so come on all over this place. Let's be a church that regains our focus. Let's be a church that changes our thinking. Let's begin to be a church that, that, uh, that says, okay, God, I don't want to walk this road without you. I don't want to live center, uh, self-seeking. I don't want to live me-centered. I want to change. I want to turn. I want to absorb. Come on. Come on, church. I want to respond in strength. And I want people to know when they look at me and say, you're so strong. I want to be able to be authentic. Uh, uh, have some authenticity and say, listen, You're seeing me in a strong moment, but two hours ago, I was in my room crying because I needed God to move because I did not feel like there was a way out, but he showed me how the way out's going to come. And I'm telling you, you can have the same strength that I have if you will allow yourself to be opened up. Come on. This is how we move forward. This is how we mature this body. This is how you step into leadership. This is how you grow. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you feel free to let us know on the contact us tab of the house website we hope you have a great week